Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, five foot two. It's all I need, yeah. And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Woo! It's Friday night. people would rather hear me sing than that crazy new disinformation czar, Jan Krankowitz. <laughs> I'd rather or, hear uh, anybody sing. Yeah, I'd rather hear Kermit the Frog sing. Who remembers Kermit? Oh, right here. <laughs> Glad to have you guys here. It ain't here. easy being green, Andrew. Yeah, it ain't easy being green. Oh, that's right. That's back when America was America. Now, uh, if, if if Jim Henson was around, they'd be trying to turn Kermit into Kermitina. Don't give them ideas. Leave yeah. Kermit alone. <laughs> Okay, um, it is Friday, so this weekend there's a big event that's going to be happening uh, called the course, the White House Correspondence Dinner. Um, uh, I think Trump was the first president, I think, in the United States who didn't go to the Correspondence Dinner. He, he had gone back when he, before he was president, and they proceeded to mock him at the Correspondence Dinner. Uh, and I think that he didn't go, and that was considered controversial because how can he not go to the correspondence dinner? Well, why should it, why should there even be a White House correspondence dinner? How much taxpayer money is spent on this ridiculous? I want to know this. Yeah, this is the D.C. version of the Academy Awards, right? That's exactly what this is. Well, it looks as though. Uh, President Biden's not going to be going there or he, well, I correct that he's going to go, but he's not going to go to the dinner portion. He's going to go to later. Um, I might actually tune in just for some laughs to see what he might say, because clearly after the kleptocracy problem, it could be it. This could be some really good material. Right. And if we had Saturday Night Live, they would they would have a skit. Tomorrow night on that kleptocracy. Seriously, okay. Andrea, I, I right. not, not we're really going to talk about this segment. How is this guy still in office? Well, because... I gave him till June right. of last year. Well, the reason he's still in office is because they don't have a backup. Cackle is even worse than Joe Biden is. And right now, as long as the country is sitting back accepting him and, and they're okay with him going around and saying this, I mean, uh, you know, um, why should... They get him out of office. Obviously, the Liz Cheney's of the world don't care. Um, Dr. Fauci still has a job. The other day, last week, Fauci goes on uh, PBS, I think it was, and says, well, we're in a new phase and the pandemic is over, right? So then uh, the backlash occurs. Jen Psaki comes out and says, well, we're in a moment, but, you know, the phase of of the pandemic isn't over. So then, of course, uh, Fauci has to come back and say, um, that the pandemic isn't over. So he just complete, was quick. completely did a flip-flop. And on top of him saying that the, that the pandemic isn't over, um, he has said that he was invited to attend the gala, the White House uh, Correspondents' Dinner, um, but that he's not comfortable going to the White House Correspondents' Dinner this Saturday night um, because the pandemic is not behind us and that we're not out of the, the pandemic phase. And a Johns Hopkins professor uh, started mocking him. Uh, who is this doctor? Dr. Marty McCary, who's a Fox News contributor. He says, Dr. Fauci's been vaccinated four times and he still says he's not comfortable going to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Who's, who actually believes that he's not comfortable going to the White House Correspondents' Dinner because, he, because of the pandemic? 
Now, he, what you just said, he's got jabbed four times. He should be immune from just about everything, right? Right. What he's not immune from is the dark horse of the Democrat Party that will whip anybody into, into shape, whip anybody into submission if they don't toe the line. But you think about this. This guy for two years ago was given the reins of this country. And was allowed this unelected bureaucrat who has failed every step of the way in his position from the HIV crisis, from the fact that he tested HIV vaccines on foster children, speaking of Goebbels and uh, uh, the the Nazi regime, experimentation on children. Don't forget about the dogs. Uh, let's, well, let's start. Yeah, the, the beagles. Let's talk about the H1N1 virus, virus that uh, was on its way to killing many people, and they actually stopped trying to do any kind of vaccination on that. And the American people did, were never even given the total number of how many people uh, died. Uh, at least 60%, I think, of Americans actually contracted H1N1. Um, that was the swine flu, right? So this man has been nothing but a failure. So um, thanks to, but thanks to George W. Bush, I think his pay was uh, was tripled. A- Andrew Andrzejewski from um, uh, what was it? OpenTheBooks.com, I think yes. it was, and doing trying to do a deep dive on Fauci, trying Andrew, to figure out. You know, if, if a lot of people, the sixty percent you said uh, got the H one N one, so herd immunity is a thing. Well, well, I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, clearly herd immunity, I guess, took place because people didn't die, or the fact that it just w- wasn't that deadly. But the point is, is that they 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 admitted at that time that they had failed the American people on H1N1. So how does this guy still have a job? Yet two years ago, even Donald Trump gave him the reins of this country. He comes before the American people a week ago and says the pandemic is over. And then within 24 hours, he changes his tune. Why is there anybody listening to this man? And he, and how is he still have his job? He is still the highest paid U.S. government employee in the country at 80 something years old at this point, or he's around 80. At 80 years old, he makes uh, almost $500,000 a year. We don't know how much money he's making off of these shots because open the books was, um, he's been having to file four year request after four year request and being denied because they don't want the truth to get out. Forbes, where he was a contributor, took his gig away from him because we don't want the truth of, of Fauci to get out. Speaking of truth, how about this? I guess the CD, I guess the employees at the CDC don't believe him either because hundreds, almost 400 CDC employees have never gotten a shot. Now, how does that work? How many people across this country were told that they couldn't work unless they got the shot, but 400 CDC employees never got the jab? The agency that's giving you and I dictates. Yeah. The agency that right now has filed a lawsuit to try to counter uh, it, it, to appeal the judge's ruling in Florida to try to force masks on people on planes. 400 of their employees have, have not gotten the jab. Now you might say, well, what does the mask have to do with the shots? Well, well because it's all connected. It's all, it's all about tyranny. When Fauci can say one thing one day and completely flip it, the pandemic is, is over one day and then the pandemic is not, this tells you with, with 100% certainty especially when you find out that 400 CDC employees have not gotten the shot, that this has all been political from the beginning. And if these shots worked, if we were still in a pandemic, and if these shots were the only thing between you and death, and if that was true, why would there be one CDC employee that hadn't gotten the shot? 
Now, the CDC has come out and said, well, look, the federal mandate doesn't take place until May 3rd. But why would the CDC employees and oh, and they're saying, well, the, the federal mandate doesn't take place until May 31st. And none of them have said that they're not going to get the shot when when the mandate comes down. Why would they need to be forced if this was right for them? Why, even if they're willing to comply and to submit on May 31st, at that point, they're only getting the shot because they're being forced to. Not because they want to. Not because they believe in it. Has everybody been rehired that got, that got fired for not getting the shot at this point? I'd love to see those numbers. What about the U.S. military? Right? Are they, have they been re, rehired? We've got military all over, all, 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 every age, all the different branches got fired. I don't know how many thousands They defended of our country, yet they were forced out. Right. How were they forced? Why were they forced to get the shot as part of the federal government? Already forced. They didn't get to wait until May 31st and then decide. How were they already forced to get the shot and CDC employees were not? Because this is about the politicization of America. That's what this is about. All right, we are going to take a break. Oh, oh, before I do it, there's other breaking news on the shots, by the way. Uh, Moderna is seeking an emergency authorization for their shot to be uh, given to uh, children from six months to five years old. Six months to five years old. Now, why would Moderna need an emergency authorization for babies six months old, children ages six months to five years. The, the word emergency means there's an emergency. It means we're going to have to use, we've got such a crisis here. This is so emergent that we can't wait for trials. We can't wait for anything. We've got to get these babies at six months old injected with these shots or they're going to die. That's what an emergency authorization means. It means that this is a crisis. Babies are going to die. There's no other treatment that they can get. For this, and we have to get these babies to have these shots forced on them. Six months old skins. Moderna. Six months old. Child abuse. Meanwhile, see, we've got all the 400 CDC employees. Adults. Children don't get it or give it. Children don't give it or give it. There has been only, I think, um, initially they reported that there were 500 children that had died from COVID and then they had to back off of it because they didn't, 500 didn't actually die from COVID. They just happened to have COVID when they died. The number is more around 200. So you think about them trying to force how many, how many six month olds, how many five year olds we have in this country and they're going to be, and they're going to have their DNA altered for no reason whatsoever. Look, if the parents want to get it done, that's fine. If you, if you know, parental rights, I believe in parental rights. But this is this is um, this is about a continuation of trying to use this pandemic to gain control. And we know that the big play in the the cultural Marxist movement right now is to deny parental rights. In fact, just this past week, the Biden administration has said that, or somebody within, the, I think it was the head of the Department of Education, said that when when the kids are in the classroom. They're ours. They're not yours. If we understand that all of this, the government reaction to this, had nothing to do with public health, then it has to do with power. That when it comes to kids, it has to do with a continuation of the notion that it takes a village to raise a child. And it's not the parents don't ultimately have the say so of what happens with their children that the government does. 
And this also ties into the, to the disinformation. A lot of people are saying, oh, COVID's over. We don't need to focus on COVID anymore. Oh, no. One of the things that Mayork has talked about with this Department of Homeland Security government's, this disinformation governance board was about COVID disinformation. This is not going anywhere. And they're going to continue to try to data mine, to try to, to try to spy and surveil the American people to see who is pushing out any information related to COVID that they find objectionable, that's not in line with the state. And yet we, we don't know what they're going to do at, once they have that information. That's the real scary part. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, guess who actually is coming out criticizing the Democrat Party and not just criticizing the Democrat Party, but on behalf of the African-Americans, y'all, gonna, y'all are not going to believe who had, who had something to say about that. Stay tuned. we got more Andrea K. Show on its way, 888-344-1170. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to The Andrea K. Show, 888-344-1170. The Dems are melting down. Oh, my goodness. You would think they'd be in a great mood right now, right? Because they've got this crazy musical theater aficionado who's been put in charge of the disinformation. She's the disinformation czar. You'd think they'd be in, you know, in a good mood, singing a happy tune. Uh, but look, they realize, as they're looking today, the Dow was down 900 points. The GDP has retracted by 1.5% when the GDP was supposed to grow. They know that the American people are struggling at $7 a gallon of gas, and they, as well as other skyrocketing. Nobody can afford a place to live anymore in this country. Florida is now the most expensive state in the union. I mean, ever almost all places now are almost unaffordable for Americans. They realize that the Americans also see what's happening at the border. They know the real deal, and they are panicked about what's going to happen. They're trying. This part of the disinformation campaign. This disinformation group is, as one of our callers said earlier, about trying to control the outcome of the elections. But they're not confident that that's what's going to happen, and they're really worried about one of their most important voting blocks and whether or not they're going to peel away to the Republican Party, and that's the African-American vote. And so I want you guys to listen to this clip um, by Van Jones, CNN Van Jones, and he's so good looking that there's times that, that you know, I don't mind if, if he's on the screen and I just mute it, right? So then I can just enjoy how good looking he is without having to hear any nonsense he has to say. But in this case, I actually liked what the good looking Van Jones had to say. Clip six. And so, and then at the same time, you've got Republicans who've been really, especially online, trying to pull black voters over by doing something interesting, saying, look, we may not be your cup of tea on some of these issues, but hey, uh, on the economy, were you better off three or four years ago? You're better off now. The algorithms are starting to serve up to black voters some very depressing, distressing news. I don't think Democrats have responded online the way they need to. But it is working. It's that beginning is, to work. They, they to are, work. are bleeding yeah. uh, or siphoning, I guess, yeah. black voters. Yeah, it is working. Right. In fact, African-Americans peeled off, started to peel off from the Democrat Party back in 2014 because of the border. And that's one reason why this is they've got to try to hide what's happening in the border. They've got to try to 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 act like they're doing a good job or they inherited a mess from the Trump administration, because in 2014, the African-American community was sick and tired of trying to compete for jobs with people that were were breaking and entering at the southern border. They also know that. 
during the Trump administration that the African-American community had the lowest unemployment in the history of the United States of America, that business ownership was at its highest levels for black Americans. They know that Donald Trump implemented, he not only funded historically black colleges and universities, he set up opportunity zones. He made it possible for black entrepreneurs to get into business. He did, he did everything he could to improve the lives of the African-American community. And then within a year and a half of him being gone, it's all, gone to poop. No, I'm not talking about Amber Heard. More on that later. Um, wanting to weigh in on this now is our friend of the show, uh, caller Mel. He's on the line. Hello, dear Mel. Hello, Andrea. Yeah, I have been thinking about all the things happening in the country. Now they want to set up a committee or something to determine what is misinformation Yes. And information and all those things. Where are we going with this kind of stuff? It's well, amazing to me that the Democratic Party has turned into a movement that is trying to tear our people down. Mm-hmm. We are Americans. Well, they so are- to see any political group of people trying to destroy the very fabric of what makes us Americans is really not only disgusting, but shameful. Who can tell what constitutes misinformation among people who are themselves liars, people who are themselves not following their own word? They say they want us to wear masks, this and that, and then what do we see? The governor of this state takes his bodies, they go to a party, and nobody is wearing a mask. Right. Nobody. What do you think about and, what and Van Jones had to say about uh, the fact that the, that, uh, the Republican Party is starting to pull uh, black, uh, African-American and black voters away from the Democrat Party because the Democrats have, have basically failed? Yeah, well, you know, what should happen is that I, uh, one of the things that really surprises me is that the church, which played a predominant role, I mean, for the black causes, the church has remained very, 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 very nonchalant. Many churches have remained nonchalant in this warfare. This, what we, fa- we are facing now is a, a spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. It is something that, came, that comes straight from the enemy. And we shouldn't forget that, that we are in a spiritual revolution which started in the Garden of Eden. The enemy came and deceived our first parents. And that hasn't, since then, men and, you know, sometimes women have really looked for power. They have sought power from all kinds of places and empires have come up and gone Empires have risen, falling, just, not just because, you know, uh, they didn't have what it takes to continue with their objectives or ambitions. It's, the empires have fallen, the ancient empires, the Greek empire, the Persian empire, the Babylonian empire, the Roman empire, the Greek empire, the British empire, of the greatest of all of them, also fell. So where do we go with man's power? When man promises to give, build you a paradise... What you should ask him is, how are you going to do it when God the Almighty says you should put your trust and your confidence in him? 
Right. Well, I think, Mel, you're absolutely right. And the Democrats have been working for for decades, if not since the beginning of of the inception of this country, to try to change it from being uh, based upon uh, Judeo-Christian principles and values uh, to replace God with state. And and one area of our society that they've been incredibly focused on in order to accomplish that is the African-American community that has been typically very religious, um, very family value use focused uh, they specifically targeted the the african-american family uh, to um, with by putting planned parenthoods in all the low in, income and minority communities tar- targeting to destroy the family in a variety of different ways and it has worked and they have managed to destroy the fabric of this nation as well as to, to destroy there was a time back i think in the 40s or 50s in which 90 uh, something percent of african-american families were intact with a mother and a father in the home to where now it's something like a 70-something percent. I think it's an astronomically high number of African-Americans who do not have a father in the home. And um, and that was all by design. And they're, they're trying to do that across this country because they know that the way to bring down a nation is by to remove God from society and to replace it with state. Mel, we appreciate you so much. Got to leave it there because we're done with this segment. We Thank you for calling in, my dear. Thank, thank you. you. All right, he's absolutely right, Skins, about that. Um, And that's ultimately what all of this is about. A lot of people don't think, even if they are religious and spiritual, it sometimes gets lost in the shuffle, but that is exactly, we are really in a spiritual movement battle in this country. Well, how can you, you know for sure, when you look at the fact that they're going after children, this, this, when, when you are actively going after three year olds and four year olds and talking to them about sex and, and, and trying to, and trying to, uh, convert them into transgenderism. Uh, you're showing them pornography in schools when you've got, I, I talked about that, the Trevor Project, some organization that's, that's got it set up to where they're telling kids, uh, here's how you can, you know, chat with us. And if your parent comes in the room, here's how you can dump out of the conversation. Uh, this is grooming going on in, the, in this country. There are, there are conversations that adults are having with children that would be criminal if it was happening anywhere but in a school. This is evil in our time. It's flat out evil. It is flat out evil. And it's all about seizing control over our nation. All right. Well, we got to take another tiny little break and we got more to talk about on the other side of the break. So don't go away. In fact, um, there's a crazy story. Speaking of trying to hide what's going on, there's a there's Kenosha, Wisconsin got caught trying to hide something. Uh, from the people and it got pretty ugly in a city council meeting when it got out to the people of what was going on. We're going to tell you about that when we come back. 888-344-1170. This is the Andrea K show on AM 1170. The answer is San Diego. Andrea K telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K show on the answer San Diego. Hey, I tell you what, I heard AK talking about Alec Baldwin's police interview, and I had to go watch it. That was a training video for narcissists. (laughs) Alec didn't wait for a single question. He acted like he was the lead investigator, and those women just worked for him. I tell you, don't put a narc in charge of of a show, because they will, they will ruin it. That man needs to be in handcuffs. Because he shot and killed a woman, and he's responsible for that. Yeah, he is responsible for that. Um, 
and, and actually, he wasn't put in charge of the show. He was the show because he was a producer. And I think he was the the executive producer of it, which really baffles my it baffles everybody. And the fact that he hasn't been charged with anything yet, not only is he personally responsible because protocols on set are that the actor as well. George Clooney has been one of the most outspoken about it to describe in detail about how the actor is still supposed to check the gun and you're still never supposed to point it directly at anybody. Right. So then on top of it, he is the producer. Right. He is the producer of that show. How he could ever get hired again is beyond me, whether he's hired as an actor or if he's a producer of a show who would ever go and work on that set with him again, at least not if it involved any weaponry. Obviously, he's trying to get out of it. But I have a question for you. We've never really asked this. Do you think in any way he actually feels guilty or bad about what happened and what he did. No, because the caller is absolutely right. He's a narcissist. Narcissists have no genuine empathy. If you watch any of the video of him after, uh, right afterwards where the police are, are there, any, any tears or any um, shock that he had or any grief was for himself. Was for absolutely for himself. They have no. They have no empathy for other human beings. They have no conscience. And this is the man who. The first sign that we knew that he was a, a narcissist was when he called his child a pig. Remember when he called uh, the child that he had? I don't with, even remember that. Yeah, wow. on audio recording, uh, the child that he had with Kim Basinger called her a nasty or mean little pig. Uh, so yeah, he's a narcissist, and and you know, and even if you don't think that you see the signs of narcissism in the in the interviews with the police, um, he later did an interview in which he blamed uh, Helena Hutchins. Well, she directed me. He blamed her for her death. So the family of Helena Hutchins is asked, by the way, that the authorities remove the video because there's actually a video online of the, the shooting itself. Yeah, with narcissists, there's always zero accountability. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't believe that there will be, will be accountability there for him. I don't. If the New Mexico authorities had ever any intention of holding anybody accountable um, besides stupid, uh, ineffective, ridiculous $130,000 in fines. Should they be fined? Uh, you know, that's meaningless. A woman's dead. A child is left without his mother. And we're supposed to feel like there's some kind of accountability because there's $136,000 in fines. Our courts, our de- there was a time as an American that I believed so much in our courts. And I believe in them from the standpoint of what our founders envisioned and what the Department of Justice was supposed to be. But like every other institution in the country, it's been corrupted by the left, right? He's able to walk free. He he knows. And that's why he was able to go on vacation a week later. If I, if I killed somebody by accident, Accident, you think I never be, go on vacation? Uh, you anywhere. think you think a week later, I would need to be sedated. You would have to sedate me to stop me from killing myself because I would be that devastated that I took somebody else's life in that manner. And he's on vacation with his with his equally narcissistic wife of his. Despicable. Um, meanwhile, but he's he's able to trot around on vacation when a cop who you could see on video accidentally pulls her, ta- her pulls her gun out thinking it's a taser as somebody is resisting arrest and trying to flee the crime scene she's facing five years right I talked also another comparison about Kyle Rittenhouse recently and, and how that was a blatant 
use and exploitation of the Department of Justice and the prosecute and prosecutorial abuse to try to get him convicted, put behind bars forever for political reasons. And thank goodness there was a jury. See, that kind of did make me still feel a little good about our system today because that jury saw through. They saw that Kyle Rittenhouse was defending himself, that he had every right to be on those streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin, just as much as Antifa and Black Lives Matter. He had every right to be there. He had every right under the Second Amendment to defend himself. And then in the moment as he was pulling the trigger, he was defending himself against people that were trying to kill him, one of which was Anthony Huber. Anthony Huber, if you guys remember, was the guy that came up wielding the a skateboard at him while he's down and on the ground, practically on his back. Here comes Huber trying to to fling and hurl and use a skateboard, which are how much do you think a skateboard weighs? Wood, and then you've got the you've got the wheels on it and all the and all the metal that it holds the wheels on. Might not be entirely accurate, but my kids used to skateboard when they were younger, and I'm going to say eh, probably prob- probably close to ten pounds. Yeah. Well, we know that it, it's it's a deadly weapon because not long after Kyle Rittenhouse was charged with murder, somebody was killed via a skateboard in Southern California. I think it was in Orange County. It was somebody cranked it all over somebody's head and the person died. And that was what the intent was of Anthony Huber, right? So uh, Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself and killed Huber. Well, come to find out, according to some citizens in Kenosha, the city council had decided in some illegal, and I'm not familiar with all the city council rules and, and laws in Kenosha, Wisconsin, but according to the city, the, the citizens there, they had illegally cooked up a deal to try to memorialize, put up some memorial on behalf of Anthony Huber that his girlfriend wanted Huber's girlfriend, Hannah Giddings, requested the memorial be put up earlier this month, according to public documents that were filed. And uh, they decided to, uh, the the city council decided, as I mentioned earlier, to hold some kind of vote behind the scenes that did not follow the city council's rules and laws. And when the citizens found out about it, they showed up at the city council meeting, much to the surprise of the city council, because they weren't expecting. See, then this is this is a, a good news story here of how much like the parents standing up to school boards actually get something done. We've got to rise up as citizens. So these citizens of Kenosha show up at the city council meeting and they call them out and say, you cooked up this deal illegally behind the scenes by uh, against the without any input from the citizens. And you tried to do this in the course of trying to memorialize some man who died because he was trying to kill somebody else. And oh, by the way, this guy has a history of domestic violence he had been he had been convicted of domestic violence there's even a report which which Google is trying to hide I struggled t- today to try to research his criminal background because I saw a headline that involved a fetal killing but I couldn't get any details on that and this is who the left was trying to memorialize even if he had no criminal background that involved multiple convictions of domestic abuse Why would he be memorialized when he was in the course of trying to kill another human being? And he only died. It was almost suicide in that moment because Kyle Rittenhouse had every right to defend himself. And had he not tried to kill Kyle Rittenhouse with a skateboard, he'd be alive today. This is about politics, trying to memorialize, trying to trying to continue to put. And by the way, Kyle Rittenhouse should file a lawsuit against them because in the course of trying to memorialize him, what are they saying about Kyle Rittenhouse? 
that he's a murderer. We reported, I think it was yesterday, that he filed a lawsuit against Oprah Winfrey. No, not Oprah. Um, what's her name? Oh, Whoopi. Whoopi. $25 million for defamation. $25 million for defamation. She immediately, thinking she's Whoopi, right? She's got these attorneys, immediately filed a lawsuit to have the case dismissed. And the judge was like, no, no. no. Now, I don't know if that case is going to be as juicy as the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard defamation trial. Um, but that has been some crazy and I've had, to, you know, and it's been, it's been so crazy and it's been so entertaining in some ways that I was actually going through a little bit of withdrawals today. I got to admit, because some of the, some of the testimony has just been crazy. Like yesterday, the testimony was the, of the bodyguard who was in Australia with them, uh, for the finger incident when she threw an object and raked off, you know, part of Johnny Depp's finger. So the defense attorney gets up there thinks he's going to rehabilitate the case for his client, Amber Heard, and is like, did Mr. Depp try to urinate in the lobby? And he's like, no, in his Scottish accent. Malcolm McQuarrie or whatever, his, Malcolm Connolly or whatever his name was. And Johnny Depp was like, what? What is he talking about? So then, so then the defense attorney goes, um, uh, 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 though uh, Johnny Depp's attorney, I think at that point, you know, tries to object to the questioning. And then you can hear the Scottish guy in the background goes, uh, well, I, uh, oh, no. Then, then the defense attorney, Amber Heard's attorney goes, well, did he pull his penis out? And, and, <laughs> and then uh, Johnny Depp's attorney starts objecting. Uh, and you can hear Malcolm McConnelly in the background uh, say, I think I would have remembered that. If Mr. And then the, the courtroom just cracks up. So it's just been quite hilarious. But on a serious tip, I think what has been revealed about Johnny Depp, the dark, the, the dark and the sad. And feel so bad for him. you feel really bad for him. And the fact that he intentionally made the decision to to allow the difficult, dark ugly at times truth about his life from his battle come out from his battle of drug addictions to his financial situation to where his manager had said yeah you're you know you're spending more than you're taking in and things aren't good and he was back on his taxes for him to allow he knew that audio recordings of him saying some some really difficult things and, and tough things he for him to choose to air the tough times of his life, the dark, the, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly in the course of filing this lawsuit shows that, that how important it was for him to not just have his name cleared publicly, but also to put a face on a really ugly part of life that nobody really seems to know about, and that is that men can be victims of domestic violence, too. So while I was kind of jonesing a little bit today, kind of missing some of the crazy, um, I think I think as we go to break, when we come back, we're going to do Here of the Week and Stink of the Week. In some ways, Johnny Depp may be a nominee for me of Here of the Week, that he was willing to suffer the agony that he is being put through in this trial in spite of the funny moments, the agony that he's being put through. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. To put a face on domestic abuse of men and to clear his name um, is actually a really good thing. And I'm aware of some of the, the crazy stuff that he said about Trump, but you know what? I can compartmentalize. I don't have to hate somebody's, you know, simply because they said something that I don't like politically. So we are going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week, as well as maybe something fun you might want to do this weekend. So don't go away. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego.
A.K., Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. <laughs> Sorry, I had to play this coming back because this is my stink of the week. I'm glad you finally flushed that because I was getting really tired of hearing that. Um, well, my stink of the week is the disinformation governance board that we uh, it, we have reached a really dark place in America. And I'm glad to have to be able to laugh at that, but to think that we are now the, the most precious right that we have had as a nation that about to be taken away that separated us from the rest of the world the one thing that made us i think i think if if you look at every that the central core of america that we were the land of the free what made us free free speech because it is the bulwark it is the wall that protects all the other freedoms because if you if you because it's the flow of information right that uh that affects people's voting patterns and affects what what happens so um that's why the founders envisioned a free press because they they envisioned uh, while we were going about our daily lives and doing our work that there would be people investigating what's going on with our government and reporting it back to us so that we could be informed as a populace and make our decisions on who to vote for under the idea that with limited government that we had a government that was of the people by the people and for the people and this is, and as, as somebody said, this is Stalin-level stuff. This is Stalin-level stuff. And, I, I, it's, it, and to think, what, what is their free speech? Our First Amendment right is, is the thing that protects all the other rights. Without Who, freedom of speech, you have nothing. Well, what's the wall now to protect us against this Stalin-like? Normally, I would say the military, but look what's happening with that. Right. In the meantime, they can try to crack down. Here's the good news on this. They can try. The plan is is to control uh, the flow of information, but they can't really control it all. They can't throw us all in jail. Right. What they, I think they're banking on is that once once an institution gets put in place, it is really difficult to take it away. It's Yeah, it's there forever. And we have to rise up as a nation. We have to be like those city council people that went to that Kenosha, Wisconsin, and they shut down that memorial for Huber. You look at the power of the of the parents that went to school board meetings and shut down curriculum that was going on in these schools like in Loudoun County. And then they got a governor in place who stopped that nonsense you look at what uh, what governor DeSantis has done in florida to push back against and, and retake ground that was won by the lbgt community in the form of trying to corrupt the minds of little children we have enough of us patriots out there that we can win this but what we've got to stop doing as conservatives is being lazy right there is no white knight in shining armor. We have to do it. We have to stop being lazy as conservatives. We should never again be looking at an election where 240 seats in San Diego County have Democrats running on a post. 
right? They are not in the majority with their views. We are in the majority, right? So my stink of the week is the disinformation governing board. My hero, I'm, I think my hero, hero has to be Johnny Depp because I think that he's, he's done one man, just like that one judge, stop the masks on the airplane and shut down a lot of the mask mandates that are happening across the country. I think Johnny Depp did a whole lot to stop the anti-male movement going on in this country, the demonization of men, where all men are guilty, mans- mansplaining and manspreading and male toxicity. And, and, and he had um, a lot. I mean, he lost a lot, but he's like, you know what? It does not matter the pain this causes me. This needs to stop, and I'm going to do this, and I'm bringing this out. Absolutely. So who's... Who, who, no, so- I agree 100%. I've already liked Johnny Depp for a very long time. I think he's a phenomenal actor, and I have the utmost respect for what he is doing. A very courageous man. Right. I can't think of a, of a better hero this week. Not All this right. week. So weekend fun day or for ideas for weekend. I've got one. I know you've got a couple. Tomorrow is actually a national uh, adopt a pet day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and y'all know that I love my fur babies, and I and and I would adopt more if you know I had room at my place. I, I've got my boy Gator for now, but um, I have a heart for obviously fur babies, and I adopt before you shop. So I'm not gonna. So we've got all kinds of ado- uh, centers around San Diego County where you can go and find a, a, a fur baby and give them a forever home. What do you got? couple of things, actually. Uh, if you like art, Balboa Park has Art Alive at the San Diego Museum of Art, which is one of my favorite museums, uh, beginning today and goes through the weekend. And then also Old Town doing a Cinco de Mayo festivities actually early starting this weekend. You know what? Can't go wrong with an, with an uh, early Cinco de Mayo margarita. Nope. And they, they're starting early tomorrow at t- 10 a.m. Right. Um, Balboa Park. I haven't been there in a That's while. That's one of my favorite places. Me and my, my fiancé go there all the time. Well, and I think to myself, with such a hassle to drive there, and you have to park so far away from the museums, you know, encourage me of why it's worth it to go to Balboa. Unpaid, this the is not a paid is advertisement. Always, well, it's San Diego, mostly. Mostly always perfect. You're always outside going to and from different museums. You see all kinds of different interesting people. And and at the end of the day, it might take you a little long to park, Andrea, but most, if not every museum down there has something very special to offer. Well, I think I'm going to have to have to think about doing that. I've got another off, offer uh, idea for you guys. It's, it's the movie everybody needs to see. 2,000 Mules, the explosive new movie by Dinesh D'Souza, an executive produced by Salem Media Group. This is the story that I want you to see about those who tried to hijack the election. You can see it at a virtual event from your home on May 7. You can watch it on any device. Showtime is at 8 p.m. Eastern time on May 7. Visit 2000mules.com to get your tickets for this one-of-a-kind event that even even includes a live audience Q&A with Dinesh D'Souza and others. So go to 2000mules.com.